Uh, then I'm starting to think, you know, it's a good possibility somewhere in our listening audience that perhaps have relatives or maybe even friends that are working in those buildings. And would it be me telling them the story as they're hearing it? And it was. Introducing a September 11th broadcast, 20 years later. I'm Enron Pierre. There are so many compelling where were you stories out there from that day. And, you know, as time goes on, they're going to become more distant and there will be fewer of them to tell. And most of us have seen and heard countless stories from broadcasters that day. Well, we have two more for you and wanted to share these behind-the-scenes perspectives and some archival tape that's pretty interesting of not only experiencing what would rock all of our worlds collectively, but also having a responsibility to stay calm on the air and inform many of our Connecticut and New York listeners of what would become a very personal nightmare for many of them and unfolding in real time. Here's my husband, Storm and Norman, who was then and is now the morning man at Weeby 108, an FM music radio station out of Westport, Connecticut. Early in the morning, I can remember talking about how exciting it was because the night before was that Michael Jackson played Madison Square Garden. And that was the biggest news of the morning up until just before 9 o'clock. And I got a phone call on our studio hotline from Danny Lyons, who happened to be off that, that morning. And Danny said, Norm, have you, have you seen the TV? Do you know what's going on? And I said, no. And um, he said, you better go into the newsroom. And I said, okay, I'll hang on. And I ran into the newsroom, and the pictures that I saw were the same pictures that you saw, the smoke billowing out of the, of the building. And it's like, oh, man. And Becky Sukup, who was our news person that morning, uh, also just learned about this, and we decided that we'd have to at least break in with a with a bulletin. It was one of those stories where we couldn't avoid it. And this is the very first time in the whole history of Weeby Want to Wait at that time um, that we had to break in for a bulletin. We had a piece of tape with, with our announcer's uh, voice on it. And, you know, this from the Weeby Want to Wait first newsroom, a bulletin. And I had never played it before. It was there. It was ready to go. And I said, uh, Beck, we're going to have to do this. And I pushed the button. The announcer came on. And this is what it sounded like. It's about a minute after 9 o'clock right now. I want to go right to the Weeby 108 First Newsroom with a bulletin from Becky Sukup this morning. A special report from the Weeby 108 First Newsroom. 
Good morning, Norman. A disturbing story enveloping New York at this point. Witnesses are saying a small commercial twin engine plane crashed into Tower One of the World Trade Center in New York. Eyewitnesses say the top 10 to 15 floors of the building have been rocked by an explosion there. All we know is that the smoke is in the top section of the 110-story tower. And now the report just in that the FBI has said that a plane was reportedly hijacked uh, prior to it uh, hitting the World Trade Center tower. No reports of casualties right now from uh, New York. What we're hearing now is that air traffic in the tri-state area at Newark, Kennedy, and LaGuardia has been suspended following two two plane crashes into the New York World Trade Towers. The smoke is just pouring out of the tops of those towers from witnesses on the ground. They're describing gaping holes in the sides of the building. Quite an eerie sight. The magnitude of what was going on at that moment in New York City had not even sunk in yet. So I continued to play music because I really didn't know what was happening. And um, as the second plane hit, uh, then it started becoming more and more clear that something was terribly wrong. And I just continued to play some songs, and and at that point in time, it was uh, like there was nothing uh, just matter-of-factly about what was going on. Uh, this was going to be a horrible, horrible scene. So after I played a few more songs, and Becky did some more speaking from the news booth, Um, She went in again and gave an update. And this is one of those moments that I still get chills about because I listened to this next piece of audio and I still can't believe that it's me saying these words on on Weeby 108 on the air. I had a break into Becky's newscast. And while she was speaking, because she couldn't see anything that was happening on TV or hearing anything that was coming over uh, the audio network, the news network, um, I broke in to her words. And I'd never done that in my entire career. Interrupt somebody while they're speaking, doing a newscast, no less. And this is what happened. Today, we've had a national tragedy. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. The president went on to say that he's spoken to the vice president and to the governor of New York, also to the director of the FBI. He's committing the full resources of the federal government. It's difficult to gauge whether you can protect against everything. Becky, I, I, this I'm morning. sorry to break in here, but we just received a report that an aircraft has just crashed into the Pentagon in Washington. And after that happened, I knew right then and there that... Um, I just wanted to get out of the studio, get in my car, and get my kids at school. That's all I knew I wanted to do, but I couldn't, because I was there. And as it kept unfolding more and more, and the situation got more dire, uh, then I'm starting to think, you know, it's a good possibility somewhere in our listening audience, Weeby 108, that perhaps have relatives or maybe even friends that are working in those buildings. And would it be me telling them the story as they're hearing it? And it was. For some people that talked to me over the years, I was the first person they heard announcing that. And then there was always a pink envelope in a, in a studio. For all the years that I've worked in radio and anyone who has, 
The envelope was always hanging up on a wall. It had to be in a prominent place. It was the emergency broadcast system envelope. And supposedly, when something huge happened, you were able to open up that envelope only when we're told by the White House, through a closed-circuit piece of audio, that it was time to open the envelope and read it. And it was something to the effect that, you know, this is a message, urgent message from the president of the United States, the White House or whatever. Uh, We never, you know, had a chance to read that because there was never anything that magnitude before. And I'm thinking, when is this going to happen? When am I going to read this? And that never happened. That really surprised me because of, 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 of anything. That was the day that we would have been doing that emergency broadcast system. Now they have the that you hear on radio and TV, and it scares you, but it's an alert, too. And I finally was able to leave the studio, and Paulette Rockman, who was one of our great voices of Weeby 108, has since passed away, came in at 10, and she was rattled, to say the least, and I just remember getting in the car going to uh, both schools, middle school and uh, grammar school in Trumbull, picked up the kids, got to the house, and was uh, glued to the TV, just like we all were. And, you know, we all have memories. Like I said before, if, if you're old enough, you have memories of where you were. And I'm not taking away from your memories. I just wanted to let you know that 20 years later, I'm still here at Weeby 108, and that is a day I will never forget. Hi, it's Anne again, and I was also working at Weeby 108 back then, and while Norman was on the air that morning, I was at the dentist office with our four children before school and just kind of watching the initial TV reports after the first plane hit in the waiting room. And now, Norman has always been, and still is, somewhat of a breaking news hound. But his voice on our first phone call after the second plane had hit really kind of shook me to the core. scared me. He wasn't his normal breaking news self. He sounded kind of worried and wanted to be home with us. And... Then as the day unfolded, we, like everyone else, were just glued to our televisions and checking in on loved ones, including some who were working and stranded in lower Manhattan. And because the radio station had been switched over to national broadcasting earlier in the day, I was just kind of prepared to not go into work and stay home with my family that afternoon. But then I was called in and... You know, like so many working parents, I was terrified to leave my family that afternoon. But I did, and as a traffic reporter at the time, I typically would go in and, you know, goof around. It was an FM music station, a lot of fun. It was just so quiet that day. It was so different. But, uh, you know, I would typically field busy calls and complaints from those commuting home from New York City to Connecticut on any given rush hour afternoon. And this afternoon was just eerily quiet. There were no trains. There was no traffic. We didn't have a traffic plane. There was no air traffic either. 
There were only calls from worried listeners waiting for loved ones and wanting more information that just wasn't available yet. We didn't have it. We wanted that information too. It was, it was awful. We all just wanted to be back home with our families. And with every hour, it was becoming more apparent that some would not be coming home at all. It was, it was an awful day. And we will never forget. I know these are just a few of the so many stories, and we think your story's important too. And if you'd like to share your memories from September 11th, 2001, we'd love to share them in this episode's notes for future listeners. As the years go by, the details might fade, but the impact doesn't. And we'd like to preserve as many personal stories as we can. So if you're interested, just check the link in this episode's notes. Introducing is produced by R&R Content. Music by Michael Coburn. You can learn more at randrcontent.com.